Happy Easter. We are in the second Sunday of Easter, and we continue in our look at the new life that Jesus gives in his resurrection. Today, in our gospel text from John's account of the gospel, we pick up from where we left off last week in the 20th chapter, verse 19. This passage is one of many in the lectionary that has a few sub-stories contained within it. So this morning, we will focus our attention on the first, which goes through to verse 31. On the evening, it doesn't go all the way through to verse 31. It only goes through to verse 23. The entire passage goes through to verse 31. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when he saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. The first thing I want to point out is how this is a form of commissioning, ascending with authority. John records the words of Jesus, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Likewise, the other gospel writers also, all of them, include a post-resurrection commissioning from Jesus. Each one reflects the particular priority of the writer and the need of the audience to whom that gospel text was written. Matthew, largely seen as a gospel record for the sake of the Jewish reader, is focused on conversion. And Matthew records Jesus giving this commission, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mark, who is also concerned with conversions, but also wants to show Christians to be, to be a people of action and power, records a more robust declaration of commissioning. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Luke, who, because he was not personally there during the time of Jesus' life, instead he became a Christian and joined the apostles later, he opens his account of the gospel with an assurance to the reader that his version is heavily researched and verified by witnesses. And Luke, being a medical doctor by profession, is concerned with mercy and with healing. Luke records for his reader the commission from Christ Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, 
And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Now John, as mentioned earlier, also includes the commission for Jesus near the end of his account of the gospel. Now, each of these commissions have a unique purpose, but they also each share a common purpose. The common purpose is to broadcast the message to every in every context that Jesus' mission on earth is not done. Jesus may have ascended into heaven, but before he did, he gave the apostles unique authority and power to do his work on earth. The mission of Jesus continues unbroken through those, those apostolic commissions until he comes again. And while Matthew, Mark, and Luke have primarily evangelically motivated commissions, the one John records is different. John is most concerned with the power of God, and more distinctly the power of God manifests in Jesus because Jesus is God. That is why John's account of the gospel opens with a retelling of the creation story. John echoes the first verses of the first chapter of Genesis, in the beginning, the first words of Genesis and the first words of John. We have in that account total darkness and then light. And then John explains to the reader that it is God the Father with Jesus, God the Son, creating the world. All things that were made were made through him and without him nothing that was made was made. John says to us, make no mistake about it, Jesus is God in the flesh. And in his closing of his writing of the gospel, the power of God, as known in Jesus, is being extended to his apostles. And the greatest of the powers of God, made known to us in Jesus, is the power to forgive sins. Now let me remind you, Jesus pronounced the forgiveness of sins upon the paralytic, and when in response he was accused of claiming for himself the power of God, Jesus' reply to his accusers was to physically heal the man, to give him relief from being paralyzed, but more so to prove that he indeed had the power to heal the man's soul. Forgiveness of sins is Jesus' first priority. All the rest of a person's needs are secondary. Therefore, John records for us, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. We have a lot in this small segment of the passage. The first is that Jesus is speaking to the disciples while they are locked in the upper room. And Jesus says to them, I'm sending you out. You cannot stay here. You have work to do. You have my work to do. You are not, you are now commissioned as apostles. Go out and get to work. Likewise, as the descendants of those disciples, we have work to do. We cannot just keep to ourselves, but we must go out and be about the doing of the work of God. Now quickly remember, John opens his account of the gospel by letting us know that Jesus is equal creator with God the Father. And in the end of our gospel, in the end of the gospel commission, the next thing Jesus does is breathe on the disciples and impart upon them the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, how was Adam raised to life? God formed Adam from the dust, and then he breathed the Spirit into Adam, bringing him to life. Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into the newly commissioned apostles, giving them a unique power of life. And how did Adam die? Through the willful disobedience to God, also known as sin. Jesus said to the apostles, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. The resurrection initiates a recreation. Death is conquered by life. Sin is conquered by forgiveness. Happy Easter. Amen.